Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World, a teaching ministry focused on providing an understanding of the grace of God, which will empower you to change your world and to live the overcoming life. You see, God wants us to live in victory. In order for us to do so, we must have an understanding of His unconditional love and His unmerited favor that has been made available to us through the finished works of Jesus Christ. Now stay tuned for a special teaching today taken from one of our recent local gatherings. To find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's message. The purpose of the law was not to be a blessing, it was really to, uh, to show us our need for a savior. And so, the very moment you got born again, how many know when you got born again your nature changed? How many know, how many of you here are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? You guys know that if you're in Christ, you're righteous, amen? It's not because of your performance, it's because, it's because you're in Christ, amen? The Bible says that he who is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. and so. If you're in Christ, watch this, in your born-again spirit, you have become just like Jesus. And so, look at this verse again. He says, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that's talking about the old sin nature. In other words, the very moment you got in Christ, you died to that sin nature. Somebody says, Alex, I don't know how that can be. I'm, I'm, I'm still sinning. Well, friend, what you want to understand is that there is a difference between the act of sinning and having a sin nature. You see, having a sin nature is to be spiritually dead. It is to be spiritually separated from God. Yet, when you got into Christ, the moment you got born again, you were no longer separated from God. You were reconciled back to God. And so, the very moment you were in Christ, watch this, you're not a sinner saved by grace. No, you, we were a sinner. All of us were a sinner at some point. But then we got into Christ, and praise God, we became righteous. We got into Christ, and whatever is true about him became true about us. And so he's saying, that dead wherein we were held, talking about that old sin nature. And so he says, that sin nature is now gone, it's dead. And he says, that now enables us, he says, that we should serve in the newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. The oldness of the letter, which is talking about the law, was for spiritually dead people, but not for born-again believers. The reason is we have a new nature, and as a result of our new nature, we are no longer under the law. We are now called to live by the Spirit of grace rather than living by the law. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 18. And I really want to, like I said, take my time, uh, and we'll see how far we get today. I want to just take my time and really show you these scriptures, because this is now really about us being set free. It's about us being set free from, from, praise God, from performance-based religion. You see, I want you to really see, friends, I want you to really see that in this covenant of grace, it's no longer about what you can do. It's all about what Jesus has already done for you. Amen. And so we're called to serve God, not in the oldness of the letter, you know, performing to try to please God, performing. Some people think, you know, uh, I'm born again, 
Alex, but I still gotta I still gotta perform in a certain way so that God, you know, so I, so I can stay saved. You know, I want you to understand that is not biblical. I want you to understand that God is no longer dealing with you based on your performance. God is dealing with you based on who you are in Christ. Now, what you gotta do is you gotta learn to believe. Amen. You gotta learn to believe uh, who He's made you to be. And so, in the oldness of the letter, uh, it was all about. We have to do this to get God to bless us. Somebody says, Alex, well, under grace, we don't do anything anymore. No, friend, we still do our part. I've been saying that, but our motivation has changed. <laughs> Praise God. You see, under the, under the law, we had to do this for God to do that. Under grace, God's already done it. And so under grace, watch this, we no longer have to. Under grace, we get to. Praise God. You see, the law was was I have to, the grace of God is I get to. In other words, this is not, oh, I have to pray today. No, you know, if that's your thinking, you're going to really start to examine yourself because it's no longer I got to pray today. No, it's I get to pray today. Man, now it's about I get to pray today. I get to fellowship with the Father today. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Now it's no longer about, I have to do this. No, now it's about, it's about, I get to pray in the Holy Ghost. I get to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I get to operate in my authority as a born-again believer. Are you catching this? And so the motivation changes under grace. And remember, you access grace by faith. And so some of you, you may have to Start to do that by faith. You know, you might not always feel like, you know, you, you want to pray. Maybe you don't always feel like you want to go to church. Well, I want to encourage you to shift your thinking, even if, if you have to do it by faith, and say, man, I get to pray today. Praise God. <laughs> man, I get to go to church today. I get to fellowship with other believers today. And so your motivation changes. Why? Because you've been set free from the law. You're no longer trying to perform to get God to do something for you. No, you've received his unmerited favor. Praise God. Amen. You've received the, the unmerited favor of God that's at work and in you, transforming you. And so now, man, you get to do these things. Amen. And so I want you to really shift your thinking. Now look at uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 18, which says this. He says, but if ye be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. But if you are led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, every born-again believer should be led by the Holy Spirit. Every born-again believer ought to be led by the Holy Spirit. You see, under this covenant of grace, the Holy Spirit now has taken the place of the law. The Holy Spirit has taken the place of the law. He's now our teacher. He's our guide. And, and the Holy Spirit does what the law never could do. You see, the law, all the law could do was show you what's wrong, but the law did nothing to fix it. The Holy Spirit, on the other hand, uh, he now not only shows you where, we, where you can improve, no, he actually shows you how to do it, amen? In other words, here's an example, you know, uh, talking about marriage. Maybe there's an issue going on uh, in, in your marriage, and the law wouldn't be able to help you. You know, the law can give you a, a thing to do, a set of rules uh, uh, to do, uh, and, and remember, even as born-again believers, when we're not led by the Spirit, we inadvertently fall back into the law. We fall back into performance. And so, under the law, 
you know, you're trying to fix, you're trying to deal with your marriage, with what's going on, you can look to what the Word says and try to do uh, what the Word says, but when the Spirit of grace comes in, this is how this looks, the Spirit of grace, He'll show you what the Word says, but not only does He show you what the Word says, no, He'll show you how to apply it to your life. He'll make it real in your heart, the Word, and, and He'll show you how to apply it to a specific uh, situation. And so, you're still living by the Word, you're still following what the Word says, but it's not just a cut and dry rule system. No, the Holy Spirit is helping you to apply it. The Holy Spirit is guiding you. You know, maybe all you got to do is, and the Holy Spirit will show you this, dealing with a marriage issue, perhaps all you got to do is just take your attention off of yourself. A lot of times issues that happen in a, in a marriage is really because we've been more focused on ourselves rather than on the other person. Self-centeredness, amen might be the issue. And so, man, if you're under the law, well, the law is all about self-centeredness because the law is all about, hey, here's what you got to do. You see how that puts the attention on you? But, but when, you, when you start to be led by the Spirit, he'll, he'll start to bring light into dark places. He'll show you, you know, all you got to do maybe is, is go to your spouse and share with her that, you know, maybe I've been a little bit too self-centered. I want to apologize. I want to apologize. Uh, you know, maybe I haven't been uh, as open with you as I should have been. You see, things like that. I'm using this as an example, but I want you to see that that's the letter of the law can't do that. You need the spirit of grace. Amen. Talking about finances, you know, you can do any, everything that you know how to do when it comes to finances, your giving, uh, your sowing. But the Holy Spirit can come in and he can show you certain things to do. He can give you an idea, maybe for a business, or it can be so, so simple as this. The Holy Spirit might show you that the real issue about finances is not necessarily whether or not you've been giving. Maybe the real issue is that you've been putting more trust in money and your trust really should be in God. You see, you can't come to these revelations or understandings merely by the letter of the law. You need the Spirit of grace. And so I trust this is making sense to you. Uh, it's really about going deeper. You know, the, 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 the living by the Spirit is really about going deeper. It's about no longer looking at things merely from a surface level, but really dealing with the very heart of a matter. Amen. And so uh, every born-again believer ought to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, just as we must understand how grace teaches us, in other words, that grace doesn't teach us just intellectually. No, grace is a living reality. When you're fellowshipping with Jesus, you're fellowshipping with grace. And how do you fellowship with Jesus? Well, through the Spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit, amen. Because how many know they're one, Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, and the Father, they're inseparable. It's not three gods, it's one God manifesting as Father, one God manifesting as Son, one God manifesting as Holy Spirit. And so you fellowship with Jesus through the Spirit, and so He teaches you, man. He works with you. He works with you. He won't condemn you. He, uh, he works with you. Some people have been taught, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is the one who makes you feel guilty, uh, 
and, 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 and condemned about your sin. You know, Alex, I sinned, but I, I know I got the Holy Ghost because I feel condemned. Well, the Bible says that in Christ there is no condemnation. And so if in Christ there is no condemnation, friend, I submit to you, the Holy Spirit is not the one who's condemning you. Now the Holy Spirit will show you areas where you can improve. He'll convict you. But the conviction that comes by the Spirit of grace is a conviction without condemnation. And that really frees you up to grow. That really frees you up to to see the areas of your life where you can improve because you're no longer afraid, first of all, that God is going to curse you now because you made a mistake. And and so you, you, you can have a level of honesty examining yourself and then, and then you see, you know, he brings light into those dark places and he shows you what to do. He doesn't just show you what's wrong. No, he, he shows you what to do. And so, and so that's how he teaches us. Now, just as we must understand how grace teaches us, it is equally important that we understand the purpose of the law. And I've been getting at this a bit. I want to go into this a little bit more I want us to really understand that you cannot mix the law and grace. There's a lot of mixture going on in churches today. There's a lot of churches that are mixing the old covenant with the new covenant. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Jesus loves you, but man, if, 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 if you don't clean up your life, God is going to curse you. And so, and so that creates confusion. Uh, you know, a lot of confusion comes uh, through uh, mixing the covenants. And so you can't mix uh, the law and grace. Amen. You can't have Moses and Jesus at the same time. <laughs> Amen. They don't go together. Uh, and so we want to understand the purpose of the law. We want to understand that God never gave the law to save anybody, but to show us our need for a Savior. Look at Romans chapter 3, uh, verse 19. Uh, verses 19 and 20. Now somebody says, Alex, are you saying the law is bad? No, the law is not bad, friend. The law is perfect. God gave the law. The law is perfect. The law is flawless. Uh, As I've been sharing before, the law reveals uh, the glory of God, but the law reveals the glory of God separate and apart from us, and whenever the glory of God appears apart from man, well, man is revealed to uh, to be a sinner. Amen. And so in Christ, I said before, we're no longer sinners. No, if you're in Christ, the Bible actually calls you a saint. And so the law is, is, is not for a, for a righteous person. Amen. And so you can't mix now grace and the law. Because remember, you've you got the Holy Spirit to teach you how to live right. You've got the Spirit of grace. Look at uh, this verse here in Romans chapter 3, uh, verse 19. Uh, he says this. He says, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. This is the purpose of the law, that every mouth may be stopped and that all the world may become guilty before God. Verse 20 says, therefore, watch this now, therefore by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is what? The knowledge of sin. And so the law was given. God gave the law not to save anybody. No, God gave the law so that really 
There could be knowledge of sin. You know, if one day we'll, we'll look at this in more detail. In Exodus chapter 19, uh, when the children of Israel, you know, God had delivered them out of uh, captivity in Egypt, and, and that was purely by His grace. I mean, what did they do to deserve to be delivered out of bondage? They did nothing. That was the grace of God. That was the unmerited favor of God. And so in, in Exodus chapter 19, it was like, God gave to Moses, you know, he said, go and tell uh, my people, uh, you know, this is what I want you to do. And, and the response of the people was along these lines. It was like, all that the Lord has commanded us to do, we will do. Now that's where they missed it. You see, the children of Israel, when they got delivered from Egypt, they were uh, continuously sinning. I mean, I mean, they were always complaining. Uh, they were always operating in unbelief. And so they still thought that they could perform and, 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 and do what God would command them to do. And really all that God was looking for was the response he wanted from them was, Lord, we need you. Lord, we need you. Amen. How many know we need him? I want you to say, I need Jesus. I can't do this thing without him. And so the law, the purpose of the law is to show to man, to show to us, that we, we can't do this without us, without him. In other words, that the standards of God are so perfect that we, in our fallen state, can perform to be right with God. Are you following me? And so, so the law shows us our need for a Savior. Look at uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Because not only does the law show us our need for a Savior, not only does the law show us what is sin, no, the law... And this is radical, friends. The law was actually given to increase sin. Somebody says, what? I'm going to show you the scripture. The law was given to increase sin in your life. Why? Well, again, to show you that if you're going to try to perform to be right with God, well, it's not going to work. Amen. It's not going to work. You're going to, you're going to fall. You know, it's kind of like, like this. If I say, um, when you leave here today, you walk out the door here today, uh, over there to the, to the left, in that big field there over at the park, there's going to be a pink elephant. There's going to be a pink elephant over there. But whatever you do, don't look at that elephant. Now, don't look at that elephant now. Amen. If you're going to look at that elephant, man, you're going you're to get cursed. Don't look at that elephant. Now, how many know? that you're going to be tempted to turn over there and look at that elephant, amen? And so, and the law kind of works in, in, in that way. And so, simply by, by, by focusing on all the things not to do, thou shall not do this, thou shall not do that, well, it will create in a person, it will, it will create in a person who's not born again now, uh, this, the desire to do that. Why? Because that's their nature. You see, because before you get right, before you get born again, the nature of man is fallen. The nature of man is, is really evil. And so the law was designed to bring out that evil. I know this is radical, friends, but uh, let's look at this here, uh, Romans 5.20, amen? Let's look at Romans 5.20 where he says this. He says, moreover, the law entered. I want you to notice that it entered. It was not there originally. God added the law. 
uh, because he had to, amen, because the children of Israel, again, they, they didn't understand that they needed God. They, they thought they could still make it uh, by their own performance. And so he says, the law entered, why? That the offense may abound. But watch this, I love this. He says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Praise God. And so the law was there so that sin could increase, but this is the nature of God, friends, that where sin increased, grace much more abounded. Amen. How many are glad about that? Grace much more abounded. Now, the literal translation of that is that grace superabounded. Amen. The superabounding grace of God. And so, and so here's the, the issue. When churches uh, preach a mixture of the law and grace, well, what happens is you are actually keeping people in bondage. And I don't want this ministry to be a place where you're kept in bondage. And so I'm going to be sharing the truth with you. It's going to be radical at times, but I want you to really know the truth. That if you think that you've got to perform to be right with God, you've got to keep a set of rules, and then God is going to bless you, that's actually going to keep you in bondage. Whereas understanding this truth, because of what Jesus has done, his unmerited favor is available. Because of what Jesus has done, God is not withholding his goodness from me. And now I believe what Jesus has done. And I trust the spirit of grace who's at work in me. And that leads to freedom. And and a lot of people are afraid of this because they think, well, you're going to give people the freedom to sin. No, that's not what this is, friends. You see, you got to understand who you are in Christ. Amen. And, And this freedom now is not a freedom to sin. No, it's a freedom to be who God has called you to be. It's a freedom for you to walk as the righteousness of God. It's a freedom for you to walk as the redeemed of the Lord. It's a freedom for you to walk as those who have been blessed, those who have been prospered, those who have been healed. Amen. You see, the law will keep a person from prospering because the law keeps a person in guilt and condemnation. In fact, let's uh, uh, turn over to Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Uh, I want you to see uh, Romans 6, 14 uh, says this. He says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? For you are not under the law, but under grace. You're not under the law, but under grace. Remember, you can't mix the law and grace. So you're either under the law or you're under grace. If you're born again, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, you're under grace. And he says, now sin shall not have dominion over you. How does this work? Well, the law, by continuously highlighting what's wrong and you trying to perform to get right, well, if you're performing to get right with God, where's your attention? Well, your attention is on what's wrong. Amen. And so if your attention is on what's wrong, well, you're, you're now looking at yourself outside of, of, of God. In other words, you know, it's the old covenant glory. Here's God. Here am I. I'm a sinner. I'm trying to get right with God. Well, that keeps a person in condemnation. And so the law produces a guilt and a condemnation that will keep a person living in guilt. But he says, sin shall not have dominion over you because you're not under the law, but under grace. In other words, grace, praise God, redeems a person. It delivers a person from the sin.
Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. Now remember, grace is a living reality that is alive in the heart of every born-again believer. Friends, I'm Alex Rubit. You've been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again tomorrow as we continue growing in our understanding of God's grace. Now once again, to find out more about our ministry and to access the full-length audios of this and other teachings, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. And if this podcast has been a blessing to you, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Help us to spread this good news of God's unmerited favor in and through the finished works of Jesus Christ. And one more thing, friends, if you'd like to support what God is doing in and through this ministry, you may do so by going to alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. Now I pray you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. Walk in his blessing, walk in his favor, walk in his goodness. And I look forward to talking to you again on tomorrow's podcast. Thank you.